Hi there, Brian here. I'm the founder of Clarity Flow, and uh, today I'm talking to coach and writer Rob Hatch. We had a great conversation. Um, I had to kind of hold myself back from uh, turning it into a coaching session for myself. That's uh, that's just how uh, easy Rob is to talk to uh, about all things uh, business, strategy, focus, decision-making. Uh, we covered it all. And, uh, and Rob has covered uh, quite a bit of ground in his um, you know, career span of being a, a coaching, a, a coach uh, for entrepreneurs, as well as large organizations, also, uh, you know, in, in teaching courses and running communities. Um, so yeah, we really covered a lot of ground with Rob. We, we covered uh, that um, uh, separation and the differences between, you know, one-to-one small entrepreneur, business owner, small business coaching, and what he also spends a lot of time now doing uh, in working with larger organizations, executives within organizations, and the different dynamics at play there. We, we had an interesting chat about um, some uh, more recent trends with larger organizations investing in growth and coaching for their, uh, for their employees. Um, and then we got into really uh, the craft of, of coaching. And this is where I like to learn a lot about what it's like to be a coach, right? Um, so how Rob asks the right questions. One of them that really stuck out to me. He likes to ask, you know, is this a thing? And how he talked about um, the the client knows their business best and it's and, and it's his uh, work as a coach to kind of pull out like what are the most important parts to focus on. Um, uh, and we talked about how Rob writes a weekly newsletter uh, to thousands of folks. He's been doing it for many years now and that's a primary um, tool and craft that he focuses on to to let new people uh, build trust with him uh, over time. And then we got a little bit into the uh, process and structure of of Rob's coaching business and how he has restructured it over the years um, with the goal of adding some consistency uh, for his business, for his personal workflow and and all of that. Lots of good stuff here, a lot of interesting nuggets. I hope you enjoy it. Here is my chat with Rob Hatch. Rob Hatch, great to connect with you again. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Brian. How are you? Doing great. Yeah, so we connected uh, several months back. Yes. And uh, I learned learned all about your work as a coach and the different programs and, and practice that you've been running for, for years. And I think it'd be uh, really great to get into it today. Sounds good. So, you know, for those who don't know, the way that I've been trying to introduce new people on this podcast, of course, I could do the typical, like, well, just tell me what your what you and your business do, but I'd like to hear it a little bit more from the perspective of maybe a recent client or you know one or two clients. You know, who who are they? Not literally their name, but like you know what what do they do, um, and how do they engage with with you? What's what's like a typical example of that? Uh, that is always a, an interesting question, but I appreciate uh, being asked um, because recently I sat down and. Kind of listed out all the different industries that I've worked in, uh, and it's it's at seventy five, and I know that there's more uh, in terms of the uh, the clients that I've served. But there's the common theme is that they are primarily uh, small business owners, and by small I mean they might have a team of you know ten to fifty, or they could just be solopreneurs uh, running their own shop and outsourcing everything. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so it, that varies, but really the owners and and then the other side or another aspect of it is just leaders and executives within a, within an organization who are mm-hmm. looking to kind of get a handle on all the things that come at them in a in in, in a given day and all the decisions that they have to make. Uh, I, I had a recent client come to me with the goal of of career advancement, so we mapped out. Um, Really, I, it wasn't a you know, clear map, but we, we talked about what that would look like um, and just gathered all the information that we would need in terms of the elements and who they're working with and for and uh, and then started a path to, to achieve that. Um, and we were fortunate enough that it did. It worked, <laughs> you know, awesome. uh, which doesn't always happen. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, ah, that, you know, that was great. That was a good, that was a good win. Um, so are you primarily working with 
business owners or uh, or like executives at, at companies or, or a mix of both, it sounds like? It's a mix of both. So the people who have traditionally come to me have been business owners themselves coming to me uh, directly and looking for help because a lot of times, even though they might have a team, a small team, they're doing most of it. As you know, it's so many hats, so many demands on your time. Uh, it, it becomes overwhelming in the sense of how do I make a decision? Uh, what thing I should focus on? Because a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs and small business owners are sort of, they're clever and they've got tons of ideas and there's lots of ways to make money. The question is, how do we focus on the ones that, you know, that our clients need, that are meaningful to us? Uh, but, you know, yeah. I've worked with folks who, you know, they can make money 10 different ways, but we have to, we have to kind of pick a few and narrow it down. Yeah, I, work I mean, with you are speaking to my core yeah. uh, ongoing pain point it, as, a, as a business owner, for sure. It's so hard. And, and I think oftentimes, I don't care if you're in a large organization or a business owner, being at the top, being an executive, even if you're an executive over a division, it's, it's lonely work, um, even if you have a supporting cast. But when it comes to thinking through, taking the time to stop and think through the decisions that you're making on a weekly basis or monthly basis, whatever that might be, is really hard but useful to do. And, and to have a partner to kind of vet those decisions through or think through those decisions. And that's how I see my role is, is as a supporting cast to kind of listen. And I, I actually do a lot of my coaching, not on video, but just audio. My brain is... Mm -hmm. I'm an audio uh, auditory processor. Yeah. So as I'm listening, I hear that a lot from, from many coaches yeah. using those audio only. Yep. And I, I just, for whatever reason, I feel like I can tap into the nuances of what's being said, the sounds, the, um, you know, the inflections and changes in tone. And I also will like grab onto something that they said, you know, five minutes in and I'll just hold it there somewhere. And, and then, few minutes later, they're going to say something else that makes me think, oh, that could, that could be a thing. And they say a third thing and I might string them together and present yep. it to them and say, Hey, you know, this seems like a thing. Is this a thing? And a lot of times yeah, the answer is yes, it's a thing. Uh, but the other part of it is, you know, I also say to them, sometimes I'm going to show you that and you're going to say, no, that's not a thing and we'll move on. And that's fine too. But, but to be able to take all of the mess that's in our brains talk it out. Sometimes we even catch ourselves, but to have someone who can kind of hold those pieces and tie them together and say, does this make sense? Because it seems like you're saying this uh, yep. is just super helpful. And then we, we can start to plan once we, we have an agreement. Totally. So totally. Um, just to kind of touch on the audio only thing again, I, mm -hmm. it's interesting that you brought that up. I mean, it is a pattern that I see with a lot of coaches and their clients you know, really using just the audio only options on, on tools and things like that. Um, I have definitely noticed it myself, like in recording podcasts, this one, we happen to be recording on both video and, and audio, but I've, I've done other podcasts where it's just purely audio and we like intentionally turn off the video sometimes just to save bandwidth and all that. But, yeah. um, it does, there is like a, a, another level of clarity when you just don't even need to worry about the video side right. of it. And it's, and it's like, I, I don't care about how I look or how I'm, my facial expressions, but, and it, it, it sort of opens up uh, a new level of clarity to, to just say and listen to what's being said, right? Well, for me, it's also, I know that for years we've been told that so much of communication is nonverbal, right? And that has just, it's this, it's almost a heavy weight for me to, to bear because then I'm kind of splitting my attention between what's being said and, and, and the body language a little bit. So it, it forces my brain to focus on two separate things almost. Um, yep. and, and so to be able to just listen, uh, and I'm also someone who less so now, but often I will be pacing, like walking around listening mm -hmm. because that movement like frees my mind. I'm not, you know, I'm not paying attention to a screen. I'm just, I'm, I'm up and I'm free of any distraction, just, just walking and yep. and allows me to kind of really focus on the person. It's great. Um, all right. So before we really dive back into the journey, just as in terms of like introduction here, 
Um, how do you uh, sort of like in terms of like branding uh, your, yourself and your services? Of course, you have your website, robhatch.com, mm -hmm. and then there's owner, owner media, yep. owner.media. Yep. Um, how do, what's like the interplay between those two and what's like the landscape of your business today? So owner.media or owner media group started, uh, as a, a collaboration with a business partner and friend uh, named Chris Brogan, uh, about, well, almost 12 years now. And we, we used to sell webinars and courses, um, back in, you know, 2011 and 12, we were selling you know, and creating courses for sale. We actually got flack for it. It was, we're so early on the idea of selling knowledge for money online. We got, mm -hmm. we actually got people complaining. Uh, so that's how far yeah, back. I sort of remember the, <laughs> I do remember those days where it, it was, it was starting to become really popular to have like online courses. I guess you're, you're 2011, a little bit before the big wave. Yes. Of, yeah of courses. And yeah, early on there, there's a lot more skepticism. There that. really was. Um, and now of course, you know, everyone's doing it, but we, 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 we sold webinars and, and courses for years and years. And, uh, uh, Chris did a lot of speaking. He's an author, best New York times, bestselling author. And so we had a newsletter together, um, which was the, for that business gave us probably 80 plus percent of our revenue. Uh, was from this newsletter and he wrote uh, every week on Sunday and I write still to this day, 12 years later, every week on Thursday. So I've put out a newsletter every week and that has been up until quite recently, the primary source of all my uh, inquiries and referrals and things like that. So hmm. that uh, Chris and I recently have, have wound down owner media to essentially a mastermind group now all the courses and webinars are still available. And so we have a, a really great and strong mastermind uh, group called Insiders. And I, I still run that, um, but I've shifted most of my focus over to coaching, which is why robhatch.com exists. And um, so there is an interplay there, but I still write the newsletter every week. Um, yeah. It goes out to roughly 10,000 people or so. And, uh, and you know, I, I still kind of, can't believe I've been doing it every single week yeah. for 12 years. It's kind of insane. That's great. Actually, that was one of my next questions is how do like today, how do new clients initially find you? And of course, when you're talking about a client coach relationship, there has to be a probably a period of time and a lot of um, trust built up over that time. It sounds like your newsletter and your writings is, is the first exposure that, that like a new client would get to meeting you. Yes. Right. That, absolutely. But uh, most recently, I've been getting a lot of referrals uh, from prior, mm -hmm. you know, prior clients. So there's a trust factor there, which is wonderful. When I pick up mm -hmm. the phone and, and they'll tell me, you know, oh, I'm calling you because of so and so uh, yeah. that you coached, or even if I haven't coached them, they just happen to know me through the newsletter, which is that's even more fun. Like if it's just someone who's been reading my, my writing for years and, and refers mm -hmm. a friend to uh, who's looking for a coach. And, right. And, and the other is, uh, I'm taking on some bigger clients. I'm, uh, working with companies right now that are a little, lar uh, a little, lot larger than just the small businesses and coaching executives inside those organizations, particularly new executives as they ascend and take on new, new leadership roles within an organization. Uh, and I'm doing that kind of in partnership with, um, with a friend who's, um, who runs an agency okay. and does a lot of training. So I take on. I'm a referral. He refers them to me, basically. Got it. Got it. And in those situations, so on like the larger organization side mm -hmm. of of your work, is it the org? Is your engagement with the organization? It is. And they and then they assign you to their people. Yeah. Or or is it like individual people who want to kind of work privately to ascend up the ladder? I've done both. Uh, so the one client I was referring to earlier was an individual coming to me they had read my newsletter for years and they operate inside a very large organization and they mm -hmm. were, you know, an oversee a department and they were looking to, um, kind of, you know, ascend through, yeah. uh, through their organization. So that was an individual paid, you know, by them directly. And, but the newer clients, the, you know, I'm actually coaching, you know, seven, uh, individuals inside this organization mm -hmm. who've all been recently, 
promoted to new roles. And so there's a um, sort of change going on in this organization. And, Interesting. And that's been really, really fun as well, because it gets into, you, you start to understand the culture of this organization uh -huh. a, a lot more just through the lens of, of, of those people. And my, I am hired by the organization, but obviously all of those conversations are, you know, private and I don't share any individual information, but what I do uh, share with the owners is kind of themes that I see coming up that are common across the board to say, this is something mm -hmm. that I think you should pay attention to. And so uh, that can turn into additional, you know, coaching actually with the owners to think about yeah. what, you know, how do, how do we address those things? Super interesting. It must be a, a it, it almost feels like a completely different practice and approach to coaching than on like individual small business situations. But, but then at, at the same time, there must be human elements that are just true across the board. It is always that. that. And I, I was talking to another friend who uh, recently, who has worked with, you know, hundreds of organizations worldwide. Uh, she specializes in uh, remote work and distributed workforces and has for 20 plus years, wrote a book on it. And her, um, you know, we were talking about the fact that a lot of these organizations feel like they're very special because, you know, the industry is so unique or the, the culture is so unique, but really, you know, yeah, there's some, there's a language to learn, there's shorthand that you have to, you know, get on board with, there's certain operational procedures that you have to understand, but that's, e you know, that's easy to get up to speed on. And then it's the human stuff that is all, that's the messy stuff. And, and it, yeah. you know, it's always about, is this like a, is this sort of a new trend in, in like larger companies, larger organizations investing in coaching for their, for their employees? I hope or so. Is that... <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think coaching is seeing a bit of a, um, an uptick. Or I want to say Renaissance really. I mean, that feels like an overstatement, but, but there's an uptick in understanding its value. Uh, I've actually been working with another organization that's, that's very carefully building an executive coaching um, you know, and training, um, component to all of their mm -hmm. new hires. They're, they're in heavy acquisition mode. So there's, there has to be this, how do we, how do we get people on board with the, the new culture and how do we train people and support people? And so they're taking their time with this and executive coaching will be a big part of it. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And I, I guess also, as you said, you sort of touched on it. it it's also a way for the organization and the, and the leaders to, a way for them to listen to their to their people, especially as the, as their teams are growing exponentially, without having like the maybe direct uh, boss employee relationship and having more of a like like there's like a level of privacy between the coach yes. and executives, but but you're still sharing themes and some and what's happening in in the organization. Absolutely, and I um, you know that becomes harder if you're just hired to work with one person because then you know you know one you can't verify that it's a common theme uh, as a coach. And also the sharing, it's kind of obvious who it's coming from. So yeah. uh, so that becomes a little trickier. But I I also think that there is, again, too, too early to say it's a trend, but there's the beginnings of acknowledgement that the type of leadership that's required has to include a coaching mindset to some degree, to a strong degree, mm -hmm. I believe. Uh, and, and to think about uh, how do you even create the space for that kind of meeting with the people that you're supervising, where they can come in and reflect on what they did that week, what's going on for them and help them make choices, um, you know, anchored in, in what they do well, anchored in their strengths, um, yeah. you know, helping them make better decisions and growing. The, the challenge is the time. It's always the time. Everyone, you know, you really have to commit to, if someone's supervising 10 people, that's a lot of hours of support mm -hmm. that, but I think in the context of the regular meetings that, that people have, they can find the time to, to shift it from just report outs to, you know, how can I coach this person? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it does, I was listening to a different podcast the other day about what's, what's sort of changed in, 
in, in our industry, but probably all industries in the last 10 years or so. And, and one of the things that they were bringing up, and, and I'm, I'm so disconnected from the large organization thing. I've got a small, you know, a handful of people that I work with on Clarity Flow, but, yep. um, and I've been working on, on this super small, small team level for my whole career, really. Um, so I'm, I'm always sort of like fascinated with like how these like large organizations work. Um, but it seems to me like I, I, at least I've heard these rumblings of like, it's different. Like it hiring is, is more challenging today and retaining talent. And it's not just about the competition of like, especially for like engineering talent or, or marketing talent, but also like, you know, people are, they, they value different things yes. in their careers. They, you know, it's not just salary. Now it's remote work. Now it's, um, growth opportunity and also like what the company stands for and doesn't stand for and things like that. So it seems like, co like a company investing in coaching, it's, it's, it's almost adding another, uh, layer of, of, of benefits and, and, and like an attractive, like growth mindset on a human level that a, that a company can offer to, to attract talent. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, the, although I will say, so the organization that I said I was working with, that's building this whole training platform and executive coaching will be a big part of that. They are taking a lot of time to do it, which is something that as a, as a, as a small business owner and entrepreneur, like I could launch something tomorrow and we can mm -hmm. test it out. And it, you know, uh, you, you know, with courses, like I, you know, we've, I've sold courses, um, you know, within a week of deciding that, you know, I think this is the, what the market needs. And we, we, Chris and I would put, put the course together, at least the, the framework in the first couple of episodes of it, um, and launch it. Sure. And, and you can just do stuff like that really fast. If it doesn't work, you move on. Uh, but within an organization, it's harder to make these changes. And that that's kind of frustrating at the same time, I'm starting to respect the thoughtfulness. I do respect the thoughtfulness that they're employing here in, in, in making sure that it's all tied together, because to your point, there's a reactionary element to this staffing and attracting people like, oh, we have this, we have, we have this, we, we can do remote work. But what a lot of organizations sometimes don't do is think about the cultural implica implications of remote work. What do people need to be successful in this environment? Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite questions is, I think, honestly, every person that's hired in any organization should be asked that question. You know, what right. do you, what tools do you need? What environment do you need? What support do you need to be successful? Um, and, and then work to, to, to shape that. But I was on a webinar recently with another, another organization and there were about 90 folks on there and they have remote workers, but the, the challenges of that some of the employees were experiencing. Some people were worried that if they didn't respond to communication instantly, that they would, that people would think that they weren't working. Right. So they had to demonstrate that they're always working. So all day long, instead of being able to focus on a project to completion or even a big chunk of time, any ding or buzz or anything that's coming in, they're stopping what they're doing and responding to that need. So they're constantly like churning through and their attention is all over the place because they just feel this compulsion to demonstrate I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. On the other right. hand, there was another person on the call who was saying, I am constantly reaching out to people and I get that I'm kind of in interrupting them, but it's because I feel lonely and I don't have any support. So I want these little check-ins and that, you know, little validations and I need the check-ins. So that's two very different aspects of remote work and thinking about how do we communicate within an organization. So for me, I can coach the individual there, but there also has to be some work at the, at the level of the culture to understand. So how, do, how are we going to communicate here? Are we going to, uh, you know, emails is it reasonable to respond to an email within 24 hours uh we all have you know teams or slack channels or whatever slacks do they need to be instantaneous or can we you know have a block of time where someone just goes in and checks their slack and 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, you're you're touching on asynchronous, which is a huge focus for for me and and what what we do with Clarity Flow. One one of the early realizations that I had with it, even even before I even knew what the product was going to be, but um, it, and I see this still every day, is that like it's with async, whether it's within an organization, a small team, large team, or coaches and clients, it's like. Yeah, it's a little bit con- more convenient. You you can reduce like calendar events and meetings and and you know, especially with large orgs, you know, yeah. it's just like over just way too many meetings, meetings about meetings and, and nobody wants that. But what I did find was there what what everyone actually really wants is to communicate more. They they want to use it as a tool to be able to ask questions, send responses and still have a face-to-face or audio connection with their coworkers or their colleagues um, without all the scheduling and, you know, but it, it's not a way to eliminate communication. It's actually in many ways a, a way for people to connect more um, without the trade-offs of, of scheduling and focus and all that. Yeah. At the same time, what it also allows and, and the conversation that I think in a larger organization that would ha- they'd have to have is what's the expectation for a response, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so when someone sends me something, it's easier for me, right? I can, I tell my clients, if you need communication in between, here are the channels, you know, you can use Clarity Flow, you can use you know, um, email, whatever you want, but mm-hmm. don't expect me to respond. I need a 24 hour kind of window to work mm-hmm. it into my workflow because, uh, you know, one of the things that I, do and the way that I set up my day is I have a two hour block of time where I lock down and there's nothing else that I'm doing other than the three things that I've determined are the most important for my business. And there's no communication that's going to get through during those times. Even if my wife calls me, I, we have a family rule that is you need to, she's going to have to call me twice to tell me that's the bad signal basically. So Mm -hmm. to interrupt whatever focus uh, is going on. Um, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to let anything through. So I control my communication very tightly, but then I move and go intentionally into those channels to say, okay, now's my time to look, to respond. And it's filtered by, you know, my clients or my wife or a business partner. So, and I'll go through those, each of those channels, the way that they're filtered and, and devote time to responding then. But yeah, I can't, my my family uh, gets on me because I don't even look at my texts during well, during the work day. You know, it's like I, I'll go hours without even seeing it. Yeah, um, and and it, it ends up being like the door knock is is the bat signal. There you <laughs> go. You know, whatever yeah. works. Um, but yep. but I think it's hard to tune that out and to give permission, like in a larger organization, to say, what if you just mm-hmm. turned all those notifications off for an hour, two yeah. hours, and then you went in after you were done. Uh, and so and, and I th- trying to get it all done in between. Totally. And and I think that um, there's also an expectation, at least for me, but I, I, I found that like, especially with my teammates and we, we've all become, we're almost entirely asynchronous. Um, part of the value of it is like, I, like when I send a message, I don't want a response right away. Right. You know, um, the whole point is like, I want to make sure that I send this, this question across to my teammate so that they can start thinking about it over the next 24 hours. Like that to me is productive. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to send a message to say, Hey, can we have a meeting about this thing tomorrow? And then we're not even going to think about it until then. Like, no, I just want to make sure I ask the question. Now it's, now it's on their to-do list for the next business day. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that like, I'm going to get a response and then I'll, I'll think about the response tomorrow or the next day, whenever it comes in. But we, we can both still, uh, manage our priorities day to day, you know. Hey, just a quick break to tell you about Clarity Flow. It's the software tool loved by coaches and their clients for communicating asynchronously in threaded conversations using video, audio, or text. My team and I designed Clarity Flow for the modern day coach. It lets you give clients a single place to engage with you and all that you offer through your coaching business run coaching groups, cohorts, and communities using our Spaces feature, create interactive courses using our Programs feature, build your coaching library with templates and reusable content, 
and sell access to your coaching programs with subscriptions or one-time payments. Customize colors and connect your domain to give clients a fully branded experience. You can use Clarity Flow on the web or our mobile apps for iPhone, iPad, or Android. And connect any other apps using our Zapier integration. Start with a free trial or request a personalized demo and consultation by going to clarityflow.com. Do you, when you send those, um, I'm just curious if you send them kind of like, oh, I got I just got this idea. Let me turn on the video, shoot it and send it out. Or is it more, do you let it sit for a while? Is it more thoughtful? Like, cause, because um, I could see someone just sending, you know, 10 of those over the wall uh, right. just to get it off their head. And that puts a lot of burden on the receiver. And so I'm just yeah, curious. It, it very much depends on, on the thing, whatever it is, right? Um, I have gotten better about preparing more uh, before I send something. Um, so, okay, so like in most cases, especially if it's a marketing project um, and I'm talking to my marketing team member, it's, it's probably something that I've thought a lot about. And what I also do a lot is I prepare notes um, usually like a, a quick bullet list in, in notion or something. Yeah. And I use that as my guy, I'll, I'll share my screen and my camera and record my message. And I'm talking through the bullet points okay. and the, the notes I've taken maybe a week or more to prepare and re research. So, um, and that's, and that's actually how I even go back and forth in an, in an ongoing meeting, if you will. And, and a meeting could last a week or it could last four months with a, with a single person because we're, it's a slow asynchronous meeting. For example, right now I'm working with a pay-per-click consultant, mm -hmm. right? And, and he's running it and, and I have questions and we have like 10 or 15 minute videos back and forth to each other over the course of a month. And I'll watch back his response. And while I'm doing that, I'm just jotting down some notes. And then when I respond, I'm actually showing my notes and I talk through them so that I stay focused on, on the thing. Um, but yeah, if it's a, if it's like a new project, a new task, or something that I'm giving someone, um, I spend a lot of time worrying about and thinking about like what are the priorities in everybody's queue that I'm assigning. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. For for it to raise to the level of like, okay, I'm going to put this into your queue. I've I've probably decided it's important. Yeah, that's good. And the other side that you're just sort of um, piqued my interest on was the way in which you approach receiving that. And devoting the time to say, okay, this is a 15 minute video. I'm going to take notes because this is an ongoing meeting. So viewing it yeah. as a meeting, viewing it, um, as I'm not just going to play it and just watch it without having a way to capture that or, or just play it in the background as I'm writing other emails, like it's a devoted, I'm going to, it's time for me to watch this video and give it all of my attention. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, you know, just you can do this with like really any tool, but in terms of our tool and, and clarity flow, like it, we tell the person when, when the person is watching it, yep. you could turn that off if you want. But what, one of the things that I really like about asynchronous in general is that it is all logged, right? So I can go back to the technical discussion that we had last week and it's all in the thread. It's not, it's not like lost within a, 60 minute zoom call. How are we going to find right. whatever was said, you know? Um, so that's, that's, I think really important. And and that's also where the having notes actually really helps. Yeah. Um, uh, because I'll also post the notes along with my video where, where I talked through it. Um, and, uh, yeah. I, I, and, and, you know, again, and that also speaks to a thing that I keep trying to communicate about asynchronous in general is that when you're in a live meeting, I have to have an, an answer to your question on the spot, right? Like you ask me something, I have to respond. Otherwise it's just awkward or right, <laughs> you know, right. it's weird. Like with, with the, the answer and to that. Yeah. 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 So, and what that means is I'm just going to blurt out the first thing that comes to my mind, right? Which more times than not is not going to be the best idea or the best well-formed thought. But when it's async, I can take time to jot down some notes. I can do some research. I can take a walk and mull it over before I get back to them. And now it's a, now it's a much more productive response mm -hmm. that I'm coming back to, you know? 
That, I mean, I, I just, I could talk all day about that stuff. No, it's, uh, um, it's really fascinating. So the uh, part of where I'm, you know, why it's got me thinking this way and why I, I get fascinated by just communication is because it centers around time and where we choose to focus our attention uh, during the day. And as an entrepreneur or solo business owner, even in a large organization, there's just so many demands. But one of the things that I like to do with folks is just start to say, like, communication is just one example, but how do you want this to work? Like, how do you want information to flow? What works for you? Mm -hmm. um, because I don't know many people who can deal with with the onslaught all day long. Uh, so yeah. helping them think about what works or what's worked in the past, it works really well when I have, uh, you know, the notes along with the video so I can see what Brian's talking about. You know, that's super helpful for me. So, you know, you might change the way that you interact with someone you're working with to make sure that you're always providing, you provide them anyway. Yeah. But thinking about asking for those things or setting up our basically the world, you know, through our screens that we operate in, uh, based on what works for us, what's, what's worked for us in the past in the way that, whether that's supervision, whether that's, um, how we accomplish a task or accomplish, or, you know, completing a project. Uh, I like to go to people's prior success or the things that they, their strengths and what works for them. And then we take that and we can extrapolate and say, okay, so based on that, there's a framework that we can use to say, mm -hmm. can we apply it over here? You're trying to accomplish this goal. Is there a similar yeah. goal that you've accomplished in the past? What did you do? How did you gather information? How do you like to research? Who do you talk to? Um, what steps do you usually go through in your planning process? Um, how do you structure your time? And when people start taking control of that, especially if it's anchored in something they've succeeded at in the past, I, you know, I think the possibilities are endless. And so to me, I'm always looking for what did you do? Well, what do you like it? What do you want it to look like? Forget, mm -hmm. you know, what, what's coming at you for a second. Let's just, can we structure it in a way that works for you? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to like, uh, hold off on like talking about my own situation. Cause I can go down so many rabbit holes there in terms of how we how myself and my team, we stay productive with tasks and communication and stuff. But what I'm cu kind of curious to know is, is in your work with your clients, is that like this discussion that we're having now, is this sort of like the, like what the content of your coaching looks like, or is it very different from each individual client? And I'm sure it is, but like, um, are you going, so like what kind of subject matter are you, are you covering? Is it like really wide across the board? Is it like, productivity, workflow, focus? Is it like interpersonal stuff? Is it psychology? Like what, what are we? All of the above. Um, of and, and, but I, you know, so the convenient sort of, um, sort of tag we can put on it, I think is around decision-making mm -hmm. and, and because there are so many decisions and that's, that's sort of at the, the crux of, of, you know, are, are we making a good decision or a bad decision or, um, uh, you know, where and, and from how, how you focus your time to what you choose to say to people, to how you respond to a situation, uh, the decisions you make as you grow your business, who you hire, all of that is around just taking the time and the space to think through what what is it that I'm trying to accomplish? What information do I need to gather to make a decision confidently? Where does that information live? Um, you know, that's sort of one framework. I, I worked with a client who uh, wanted to, to, to purchase a franchise. I'd never done that ever, mm -hmm. uh, coached anyone in that. I hadn't been through that process. And I was very candid that this is not an experience I have. Um, but what I can do is help you think through what you need to know, where you need to get it so that when you get that information, you are really clear that the next decision you're going to make is confident, wh whether or not you mm -hmm. rule them out or rule them in and take the next step forward. And that's, yep. That's for me, everything, but it does get into, I just had a, a call with one of those executives where it really was about productivity and how they structured their time because they, they were completely and utterly overwhelmed and could not see their way clear to having any time to work on the stuff that they, that was important to them. They, they were just constantly responding to the needs of others. 
Mm. And one example I gave him was, look, we are, we, you just found an hour of time to talk to me. We can right. find an hour of time in a week. Maybe we can even find two of those. And oftentimes clients will, you know, shoot really high. Like, what if I just for two days a week or every day, I'm like, I always slow people down. I'm not an everyday kind of person. I'm a more often <laughs> than not. Describing all of my habits. Right. Like, so, oh, what if I just lock myself in a room and build that feature? Right. Week, you know? And I just do it every day for three hours or, and I'm like, yeah. every day is not going to work. Stuff happens uh, more often yeah. than not, you know, maybe a couple times a week so that if you miss a day, you can get back on the, you know, get back to it. Uh, but just being able to step back and say, I can control some of my time. I obviously mm -hmm. I have obligations to other people. I have to attend meetings, but where can I find the time and control it? And, you know, it, that comes honestly from personal experience of having put everyone else's needs first in it. When I was, I used to run an, a nonprofit for like eight years. And before that, um, uh, you know, managed like 32 different locations for an organization and I would put everyone else's needs first. And then at the end of the day, try to cram in the work that I needed to get done for myself. So I left yeah. myself open to, to those whims. And when I started flipping that, putting my work first, then I could get to it. But once I started to flip it and saw that, how that worked, then I wanted to build on it. Then I wanted to share it, um, you know, but I'm this looking for something... people to tell me what works for them. Um, you know, you know, I mean, just getting into like your personal day to day and workflow, this is something that I'm, I'm pretty fascinated with, with, with coaches, right? Because I, I, I'm not a coach. I don't, I don't do coaching day to day. Um, I'm a software guy. And so I, I really value my deep work time. Yeah. And even like this call today, this is, I have this and, and one other sales call today. And like, that's too. I really don't want more than one call. Occasionally I'll, I'll allow a second call yeah. in my day, yep. you know, because there's just so much like personal energy that I'm expending just being on a call. Right. Yep. And I really value just the quiet focused music on working on the product. Um, and I need hours of that. Yes. So I'm, I'm kind of curious, like with coaches, obviously it's a very different thing. It's, it's like, how do you, how does it logistically actually work for you in terms of like calls, like, one-to-ones group calls in a day or in a week and kind of managing your own energy and focus and, and all that. Uh, so I, I try to limit the number of calls I'll have in the day. Three is about as much as I want to do. Uh, and and mm -hmm. part of that is because I, I like to spend, you know, where you're building the features, I, I, I tend to spend time writing. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm also an author and I'm writing that newsletter every week. And that right. is, it's been the source of most of my, you know, revenue for years and years, uh, and referrals. So I, I like to continue to, and it's something I just love to do. Uh, so that's, I, and I have to spend time marketing and just the administrative side of the business. There's lots of little projects to do outreach, but the day-to-day -day calls, I really like to keep them limited. And I generally leave at least 15 minutes on either side of my call, um, mm -hmm. as a, I need to let go. You mentioned deep work. Like there is residual attention that I'm going to carry into the next call. If I jump from one client to the next, I'm not going to have right. time to let it go and prepare. So I, I like to leave at least 15 minutes, ideally, you know, even more if I can, but it doesn't always work that way. But I put these buffers in honestly for the client, because I won't be effective for them and listen to them if I can't let go of the prior call write off some notes, you know, get that out of my head, get up, stretch, take a break, get water, something. Yep. And then I can come back and review their notes for where we left yep. off last time and then and then get back on and, and give them my full attention. But that is something that's very important to me is not splitting my attention, something I've also learned about myself. And part of that, yeah. leaving yourself open, you know, in the past when I was managing, I wanted to be the open door manager you know, always available, someone would come in and if I'm working on something and I, you know, I feel compelled to say, sure, have a seat, but I'm never giving either of those things my full attention. So I started to say no to them, wrap what up, whatever's uh, going, wrap up that, and then switch to them so that I can give them my full attention. And that's what it's always yeah. about. Even as a parent, I do that with my kids sometimes, you know, totally. they're coming at me.
uh, with a need, I, I would very clearly say, you know, I love you. I love, I, I want to hear everything that you have to say. Let me finish this. And then I can switch and give you my full attention because it's, it's clearly what you're saying is really important. And I want to hear yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, right now with summer and the kids are sort of like home and that's like, it, it's nice to have that structure where it's like, okay, I know this is my work time. Yeah. I better make, better make the, the focus count. Right. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I don't want to go too long here. I, I did want to just sort of touch on, um, you know, we talked about how you, how you work, uh, maybe going back, like we don't need the whole career story here, but are, were there any like intentional changes or improvements that you've made in your approach to coaching or structuring the way that you offer your coaching? Um, whether it's improvements, uh, for, for you professionally or personally, or for results for your clients, um, yeah. Any, anything like come to mind over the last few years that like, you know, before you were doing it this way and now, now you've made these changes and, and it's been really a lot better. Uh, a couple of things I used to do, um, uh, three month engagements and I would do three weeks on one week off. And the way that I always said was we need a week off so that we can get work done. Um, we mm -hmm. need to take a break cause every week it's a little, you know, almost incessant, you know, it's just, uh, but I, I made this and, and so I would do three month engagements. And at the time I would also offer the opportunity for them to pay everything up front for a little bit of a discount. Like that was, I felt like that was, it would entice them. Uh, and I switched to a six month engagement, um, every other week and only month to month. And I, and there, the reason why on the coaching side, is that I started to find that people were not, didn't have enough time to put in the work between mm -hmm. calls on a week to week engagement. I just don't think just so much happens. Uh, so many things come up, so many demands on our time and you need at least two weeks between calls. That's. Yeah. And I also find that like, even though so much happens also like not enough happens in one week. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I do a, a podcast with my friend Jordan, where we're just talking about our, our progress. And if we, we record two weeks straight. It's like, we don't have a lot of new content to talk about. Yep. And, <laughs> and you're, you're absolutely right. So yes, too much, uh, too much and not enough all, all at the same time. Mm -hmm. So there's, they come into the call with not enough having happened on the, what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so that was part, that's the coaching side. And I feel like the rhythm is so much better. I also leave it a little open. If, you know, if something comes up, I let people reschedule. I'm not a hard, you know, must be every Tuesday at 10 kind of person. Like I, I like to leave, you know, we'll find a time, we'll make it work. Um, and then on the no more upfront payment, just having the recurring revenue. Um, coaching is a weird thing and getting referrals, getting clients in, having to go find ways to get new clients. I mean, it's, it's, it's a little easier for me now that I've been doing it so long and for a number of reasons, getting referrals and having the newsletter, but man, the ups and downs of, of that income as a solo business owner, it's hard to manage sometimes, you, you know, yeah. uh, and you have to be really disciplined in the, the, the boom times. And, uh, so that, yeah. you know, when things are down, it's, you have something to coast on. So that spread it out a little bit to say, okay, I've got six months to make this work. And I can see it. That's it, also like a predictable expense for, for the client to exactly. sort of have like a monthly, it's just part of the budget. You know? Yep. It's predictable. Um, and I'm, you know, we're very, I'm very clear about how it works and I don't limit it to six. I just say that that's the minimum and then it's an auto pay. So they would say at the end, like, okay, we're done. Or yep. I've had clients continued on and I've been working with some, similar, some of the same clients for years, um, just throughout lots of career changes and, um, you know, just helping them think through whatever next step is, is facing them. Yeah. And then how, like, how, how is it actually structured? You, you mentioned, oh, calls. did you say like once every two weeks? Yeah. Every two is weeks it, is a call? hour, hour long session. I say, I know it's another very clear change. I say up to 60 minutes is one session okay. because it used to be that I would feel bad. Like if, if, you know, we'd get a lot done, maybe 30, 35 minutes. And I would say, you know, gosh, it feels like this is a good place to start. What do you think? Stop. Um, you know, we can do another half hour later. I felt obligated to give them that, but they're not paying for the time. They're paying for the result of the session. 
And so that clarified that for me. And, and just so at one session, we could, they could walk away with everything that they needed in 40 minutes. And I leave it up to them, of course, to make the decision. Do you, do you have anything else that seems like a good place to stop? Um, you've got a lot that we've just decided. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? Or do you want to, is this good? We're, you know, and it's all up to them though. Um, and, and is there any like group interaction with other clients or no, that's all one-to-one. It's all one-to-one. The, the group that I run is a mastermind group and there usually isn't a whole lot of crossover in terms of clients. Um, but that's, that's got it. it. Like two very separate tracks. Exactly. It's, and it's, um, it's also, you know, small business owners, mostly solopreneurs, quite frankly. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and just, you know, generally being supportive. We, you, you came in and spoke at one point, you know, because there were a bunch mm-hmm. of coaches in there. And, and also I think, you know, people who could benefit from async communication and the way that Clarity yeah. Flow does it. So that's great. Well, Rob, I mean, we, we could talk all day uh, again, like you, you, you unpacked like so many little uh, nuances as, as a business owner and a team communicator. Uh, there, there's just so much here. <laughs> um, so great to, you know, Talk to you again at some point, maybe have you back and unpack something else in more detail. Yeah, I would love to come back. Uh, you know, I appreciate the opportunity to chat. And, you know, maybe uh, in uh, September, I've got a new book coming out called Success Frames in uh, not September, in December of this year. And uh, okay. focus. I mean, on... we, we should have talked more about that. No, it's it, well, <laughs> we, I you we know, will definitely get it all, all linked up. So yeah. actually, can you tell us, like, give us a quick uh you know, it, title, what, what, what it's about. It's really anchored in what we um, were discussing before about fine, you know, anchoring people in their success and, and building the framework that they can use, um, you know, for in, in lots of different scenarios. So really looking at, you know, not just your strengths in the way that, you know, the, uh, an assessment might find your strengths, but looking at what you've actually accomplished, what works for you, how do you structure your time? How do you make decisions? and creating a framework that you can use over and over again. I honestly believe we learn more from our success than we do our failure. It gives us something to mm. build on. Failures kind of tell us what not to do, which is great, but success gives us um, you know, a model that works directly for us. Um, yeah. So that's that's I the premise. Kind of, kind of double down on what works. Yeah. What, what's the title? Success Frames. Success Frames, awesome. Yep. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it all uh, linked up. And are you, like, is that, are you publishing it, self-publishing it? You know, I'm working with a publisher. I published a previous book called Attention, The Power of Simple Decisions in a Distracted World uh, a couple of years ago with Practical Inspirations Publishing. And uh, they're, um, you know, that was successful and they invited me back and publishing this one as well, so. Amazing. Well, well congratulations on that. Thanks. I'm excited. Um, well, Rob, this, this has been great. Thanks so much for taking the time. Thanks for inviting me, Brian. Good to talk to you. So that wraps up today's episode of ClarityCast. I hope you're able to get a few nuggets of clarity to help you grow your coaching business. You can watch the videos of these conversations on our YouTube channel. Like and subscribe to us there. And I'd really appreciate if you'd give the ClarityCast podcast a five-star review in iTunes. That really helps us reach more folks like you. Today's episode was brought to you by our product, ClarityFlow. Try it for free at ClarityFlow.com, or you can book a free demo and consultation call to see how you can grow your coaching business on ClarityFlow. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next time.